What's up, Sam? It's your personal growth mentor, chief encourager, and life navigator, Radhika Cruz. And I just want to thank you for checking out another episode of Lead, Love, Thrive. I created this podcast to just educate, equip, and empower others on how to lead their thoughts and emotions and actions according to God's word so they can love God, themselves, and others on purpose and make daily decisions to thrive and live an abundant life that is full of more joy, more hope, peace, passion, power, purpose, and significance. Over the next few podcasts, I want to invite you into some very private conversations I'm having with my friend, Monique. Monique is a 39-year-old single woman who longs to be married and live a life full of meaning, purpose, and significance. You're going to hear her struggle with her singleness and desire to be unapologetically loved, celebrated, and accepted. We recently had a heart-to-heart conversation where she confessed some of her deepest struggles in order to begin her journey of healing and freedom. She has asked that I share her story with you so that you too can benefit from the insights and the tools and resources and mentoring that I'm going to be sharing with her. So let's just jump into our first conversation together. Well, what's going on, everyone? I hope you're having a fantastic day. I'm super excited for today's episode and our next couple episodes because I am being joined by a very special guest Mm -hmm. and friend of mine. Her name is Monique. Say what's up, Monique. What's up, what's up? To the people out here. Monique just came back from a work trip in El Salvador and so got to see her living her best life over there. Trying to, like (laughs) literally fresh off the plane. (laughs) Fresh off the flight. Less than 24 hours. Yes. So I'm excited. I want to share a little bit about how you and I met Mm -hmm. really quick just to kind of give some context as to uh, who you are, what brought you here, and where we're going. Is mm-hmm. that okay? Yeah. So for those of you who may or may not know, I was working at a church about a year ago, and it's a mega church here in our country, and Monique was one of the volunteers that was serving mm-hmm. on one of the ministry teams mm-hmm. that I had the privilege of overseeing and working with. And I remember it was a Wednesday night, you know, when (laughs) you and I were just where you were out there serving and it was some downtime and just came to just start chatting with you and asking uh, questions, I guess, about what's going on in your life. And you really struck me, Monique. Like, I remember just asking you, like, what's God doing in your life? You know, we had, of course, the chit chat conversations, but you out of all the people that I remember meeting and greeting and connecting with was Mm -hmm. like, I I just want to grow in my walk with the Lord. Like there was just such a spiritual maturity about you and insight that you had and a hunger that you had that made me say, hey, you know what? I want to bring you a little closer. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Yeah, and what stuck out with me was that I think I was telling you I was reading a book and you asked me what book I was reading and that really (laughs) struck me. I was like, wow, okay. A lot of people don't, they ask you how you're doing and um, <laughs> and, you know, some people just say, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. And so I was really telling you how I'm doing. And, you know, you asked me that question. And so that made me feel like, you know, that you were asking it, you know, out of, you know, being genuine. And yeah. so it really opened me up. And, and for me, that's what stuck out. And you let you came off as a person that I could like talk to and make me feel comfortable, like almost instantly oh, wow. uh, from that conversation. So I remember that very well. That's Aww. where it all started. Yeah, it did. It did. It did start there. And <laughs> Two years later. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Mm-hmm. We're having this conversation. And, um, you know, you are in a leadership position, a training position at mm-hmm. your job. So you're going all over the country mm-hmm. training other organizations. 
and helping them with their systems mm-hmm. and their processes and procedures and the customer service world, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Customer service. We won't say, you know, right. to protect some of your, right. you know, <laughs> who you work for and all of that, Jess, because that's neither here nor there. But um, I know, so you came to me, you had a call, right? And so what kind of started this as if you follow Monique's story, which I really encourage you to do so, because we're just going to go on a journey together of growth and self-discovery and healing mm-hmm. and transformation. So I'm excited to see what God's going to do over these, um, this, over the series, the Monique series, the Monique Chronicles. I don't know Monique's I know, story. Right? I'm still working on it. Y'all got some ideas out there for what we should <laughs> call this. Me. Yeah. Let, let us know. Let it. us know. <laughs> But you recently called me mm-hmm. and you basically, do you remember that call? Yeah, I do. And I was actually nervous about it. Um, it was a challenge from Jen. She told me to reach out and I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm reading. It's a book about dating. Okay. And so that's where it all started. I have a desire to be married yes. and I'm 39 years old. And I'm like, Lord, I, is it going to happen? Mm. And so this book has really caused me to you know, self-reflect and yeah. it realize it helped me realize that there's some some wounds mm. um, that I have that I want to be able to heal from or things that, you know, I may I'm, I may not have dealt with. Yeah. And so that's what made me want to call. And, and and the book talks about, you know, getting your team together and holding you accountable yeah. when you go on these dates or whatever. And so <laughs> I wanted you to be part of the team. Yeah. You know, so if I go on a date, you can help me be accountable. And so that's where it started. And then um, I basically asked you to be, you know, on the team and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be going through some things. I want to talk to you. And I really it started just becoming something else. Yeah. And I said that, hey, I think there's a lot of people out here that are going through what I'm going through, especially being single. Yeah. And so um, and I know you do a lot of podcasts and <laughs> uh, share articles. And I thought that it would be good, you know, for us to collaborate on that level as far as reaching out to other people Um, because I am frustrated by just feeling like I'm the only one Mm. that feels that way and the lack of resources that I have or even the saturation of material that you hear out there can be very overwhelming and so I just want to share my story um, with other people and just create a, a different type of conversation yes well I'm excited I'm honored that you thought of me yeah. and invited me into your story, into your struggle. So that's what I want to get to. So yeah. people are probably wondering, okay, what is Monique's story? What's going on with this 39-year-old 30 <laughs> woman? Because you have some goals, right? We're going to talk about that here yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. But you have some goals. Before I'm 40, I want to start moving in this direction. Mm-hmm. So before we jump into that, though, how would you finish this statement, Monique, that I have struggled with blank for the past, either all my life or the past how many years. So what Mm -hmm. is the struggle? What is the battle that brought you to me today? I think I would say I have struggled with identity. Mm -hmm. And I would probably say since 2012. Yeah. You know, um, that's when I just kind of decided to really get serious. I was always a Christian, but I I guess I rededicated my life, so to speak. Okay. In 2012. uh, 2012. Okay. Yeah. And so um, I just kind of woke up and be like, who am I? What do mm. I like to eat? What are my favorites? Mm, yeah. Like all these things start coming. Wow. Like somebody was asked, like, what's your hobby? I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even have one. So yeah. I would say that I struggle with, you know, identity and that in turn births other struggles. Like? Um, like when you go out on dates, you allow guys to treat you a certain mm. way because you don't know who you are. Yeah. Or, um, 
you know, not having a, a schedule or any type of goals. You just live. You just wake yeah. up and you just go. Yeah. Um, no, no type of structure, financial, you know, financial goals, career goals, friendships, yeah. um, relationships. If you don't know who you are, you you let allow anybody to say or do anything, treat you yeah. a certain way. You put up with certain things um, with your from your friends or your family members. Yeah. Um, and you struggle just being comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. And yeah. so I realized along the way somewhere I just woke up and realized that I lost myself. Mm. And so it's a journey to try to get back to that. Yeah. To say, who am I? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So would you say that this struggle with really not knowing who you are, your identity, how has that shown up in other areas of your life? I mean, so I know you said in 2012, yeah. you kind of rededicated your life to God and, and started getting flooded with these questions and yeah. all of that. But how has that impacted um, other issues in your life? And how has that really made you feel? Let's just actually, let me just ask that question. How has this I don't know who I am where I'm going what I'm working toward right how has that made you feel um just exhausted Mm -hmm. (laughs) really um because I don't I got tired of just waking up being upset and not knowing who I am I just I think a goal of mine is just I want to have joy I want to wake up and be happy in my own skin and Mm. be proud of who God made me and and not hate all the things that I don't like about myself and flaws and (laughs) (laughs) like, um, what do I not like about myself? It's a lot. Um, Mm. I think I overthink and I overprocess a lot and I hate that. I just, sometimes I just want to be free and be in the moment, but I have to like calculate everything and it's exhausting. I wear myself out Mm. before you even execute and yeah, do anything yeah it's annoying mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think why do you think you overthink so much what what is behind that is there a fear ultimately i think it's just my lack of trust in god to be mm. honest um and i think it's um i've been independent pretty much all, all my life everything yeah. that i have you know i pretty much done myself yeah and i've been a single person yeah I haven't had to ask for a whole lot of help. Yeah. And so I've learned how to trust myself, just me, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. And so over-processing and overthinking is a lot how I got there. Yeah. I'm going to calculate step A, B, C, and D, and then yeah. I'm going to move, and then this happens. Yeah. Then I move on to the next thing. You know, I calculated everything, and, yeah. that's, and that's how it is. I never learned how to live into the moment mm. or make a decision. I've always... To ensure that I am okay, I'm yeah. going to calculate all these steps. Wow. Do you feel like, so I think you said trust in God, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, yeah. would you say, would you agree that that has to do with me wanting to feel in control mm-hmm. of certain things? And so I overthink, I overprocess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. you're in control. Yeah. For sure. I want to, and, and are we in control? No, we're not. <laughs> we're not in control, but I guess that's something that I've been working on. I think my struggle with God is the trust because mm-hmm. it's literally like walking on the, 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 plank and just jumping off not really knowing what's going to happen that's what it's like and I've never had to really do that in everything that I have in my life like when it comes to buying a car when I bought my house when you know my 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 military career and work career I've been calculated in everything that I did before I made a decision sure and so now you know when life hits you you we're just going to require some faith and some trust Mm -hmm. I've never had to do that and so it's been a real struggle yeah 
So I know you said earlier um, in the podcast that you're 39, you want to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, That's where it all starts. Right? <laughs> that was the catalyst, yeah, right? Like, catalyst. God, what is happening yeah, here? If I'm going to get married, I need to get myself together. And that's where it starts. <laughs> yes, yes. So would you say that in this season of your life that you feel stuck from moving forward and living the life that you believe God wants for you? In this day and moment, um, I don't I don't feel as stuck. Okay. I feel like I'm making some steps. Okay. Like Um, what? What steps are you taking? Like this is a step. Yeah. You know, this is a brand new arena for me as far as like pouring out who I am as a person Mm -hmm. and really talking about inner feelings. Those are things that I've always kept to myself. Yeah. And so this makes me feel like there's most, you know, there's movement happening. Yeah. Um, Whereas before that, maybe even about two months ago, I I did feel stuck. Yeah. You know, it was wake up, I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Wake up, go home, go to work, Mm -hmm. go home. Mm -hmm. And I felt like my life is work. Mm. And I don't feel like I know that there's more. Yeah. There's more. I'm a very work driven person. My work ethic is kind of like through the roof. But that's really my life. Like my conversations is about work. My friendships is like, well, what's new? What's happening at work? And I'm like, there's more to life. Yeah. And so um, I was feeling very stuck because it was just always to and from home work. And then I hang out with a friend or two every now and then. Yeah. That was it. So a couple months ago, you were feeling that way. Yeah. And so what actions have you started to take so that you feel like, okay, I don't feel stuck or paralyzed, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to move and make some some progress and where I want to go. What mm-hmm. did you do that's making you feel like now you're moving in a positive direction? Well, the first thing was, um, and I really have to credit, you know, my, my friendship with Jen, kind of like how we developed as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Jen was a person that I met at church and yes. we started um, working together in the ministry and we, there was kind of something there with us. Yeah. And so it really budded from that. And then she suggested the book about dating. Mm-hmm. That's where it started. And so were you sharing with her some of your, dating mm-hmm. challenges and yeah. that's why she recommended the book yeah exactly. okay yeah. okay so I was um talking about dating the challenges and I, I felt like I was like oh, okay I'm ready to date because again I felt stuck right so I'm like mate I just need to get myself out there let's go dating let's go do this <laughs> I feel like I'm ready yeah I wasn't as stressful you know feeling as stressful at work I felt like I was getting some type of routine going where I could add something else to my life yeah like a dating um, relationship Mm -hmm. and so and I talked to her about the struggles and so she recommended you know the book Mm -hmm. but that book started opening up some some real questions and she asked me some real questions and I was like okay I need to deal with this and so so what were some of those questions because I do know that as a result of you reading that that's how I kind of that the call came to me yeah to kind of get connected to you and so I would love to know what was it that that book was asking you or that Jen was even asking you that made you take a step back and Mm say, okay, I'm not really ready for dating because I recognize there are some other things going on inside of me. Yeah. What were, do you have an idea of some of those questions? Yeah. Um, because it's just about, um, first, my, my, I guess my excuse was what everybody else says. There were no men out here. Um, there are no godly men out here or where I live. And so then it started to say, okay, well, why, what are you going to do about that? Okay. You know, are you going to move or 
what about your routine is is keeping you from getting out there? Because okay. really, you can't meet anybody if you just go to work and go home. This is right? true. <laughs> so it's kind of like, why are you just going to work mm. and going home? Yeah. What, what is it that makes you not do anything else? Yeah. Why do you not have any hobbies? Yeah. Um, and I was like, holy crap, like, why do I not have any? <laughs> no, and, and as a result of those questions, yeah. what would you respond to with those? Like, what would you say? Now? I would just say, you know what? That's a good question. Like, I, I, I need to have an answer for that mm. and the fact that I don't lets me know that there's something deeper yeah. than it not just being any men out here yeah. that's not the problem mm. it's the fact that you're going to and from home yeah. every day and you're not getting yourself out there yeah. or you're going to the wrong places um, and so it made me why why everything has to be you have to ask why more often yeah that's good and that's what I wasn't doing and yeah. so now I was like okay I need to address some of these reasons why I'm doing that yeah and then she also asked me um, you know um, about my patterns with men as far as why do you think your relationships are going the way that they're going um, where they're not being successful or yeah. why do you think you're upset about this or why do you keep um creating the same patterns the same type of men that you're dating like why do you think that is sure and then she asked me about my past with men and some of the there's things a lot like, of loaded questions yeah, <laughs> that i'm not proud of and so i was like oh nobody's ever asked me that because i haven't had any accountability nobody's ever asked me that. yeah wow that's good so i do want to ask you what uh, to kind of expand on what you just mentioned about the type of patterns of, yeah. of men. So what are, who are these men that you have, <laughs> that you have been connecting to and what are these patterns that it sounds like now I'm getting the impression that they may be unhealthy patterns mm -hmm. or unhealthy relationships. I want to hear a little bit more about the selection of men that you have been connecting to and what you've discovered about what you no longer want Yeah, in a husband. Um, so some of them are, I had I would always meet men that would have like a spiritual life, right? Okay. Um, or they say they would. Like mm -hmm. I believe in God, I go to church, or they were like spiritually ambitious, so okay. to speak. And so because I was too, I was like, Yay, this is it, you know. Um, but it turns out that they weren't, mm. you know, that way, um, just by, you know, the lives that we're living, like there was no prayer life when you know they but they would always say oh I want to read the bible with you and stuff like mm -hmm. that and that would like reel me in and I would just mm -hmm. make decisions too quickly mm -hmm. um because that that was like the hook yeah right that would get me in and so now we're going out we're probably hanging out with each other you coming over my house mm -hmm. when they probably shouldn't be mm -hmm. and so then you know you would sleep with them like way too early and then mm -hmm. your feelings and your emotions get all involved and then you mm -hmm. realize now you want to change like no we can't have sex before marriage and mm -hmm. you done already crossed that boundary mm -hmm. um and yeah. so with men it'll always start out as this innocent thing and a conversation about god and wanting to be you know um have like I said, have spirit, you're spiritually ambitious. Yeah, and then we would start dating, and then we would cross the line too early, and sure. then it turns out to be, with you know, not a relationship. Absolutely. So, being that you were drawn to this perception that they were more spiritual than they were, mm -hmm. right? And then as you were in this relationship with them, and you began to see these boundaries being crossed. Now mm -hmm. now we're moving into sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. At what point did you maybe say, okay, wait a minute, <laughs> this is not God's design. And I guess, I guess my question is this, what stopped you 
from saying, wait a minute, like this is not how a godly, according mm-hmm. to God's word, man should be. What what caused you to compromise that boundary and step over that and to be in a relationship with someone who was not your husband, a sexual relationship? I think it's just not being aware or not having any discipline for sure. And mm-hmm. then just not being aware of, of your worth is sometimes mm. you do things to like keep people around. Yeah. Um, like I would always adjust my schedule to like men. And so they would be like, Hey, you want to go out? And then I would like drop everything or I'll move everything around sure. to make it happen yeah. before if I say no, to make it seem like I don't like you. Yeah. You know, you wanted to be needed. And I think I was attracted to people who wanted to be needed as well. Mm. Yeah. And good. so, and it was always, you know, the men that the people that I attracted, like it was like, I get uh, smitten really. Yeah. So it's like if you're, I would always get like manager types or leadership roles, mm. and that was always attractive to me. So I couldn't see past what I wanted. Yeah. Because you were cute. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, successful. In a role, you're yeah. successful. You seem to have, you know, all your things together. No drama. Yeah. And so all of that was attractive to me mm-hmm. and it was so it was very hard yeah those are the like if your work ethic is like mine you know that's that's kind of like a top thing if right. you can have a conversation so I got sucked into all those things um and, and not looking at character and not mm-hmm. looking at what you do and not what you say yeah absolutely so I had a hard time doing that so once you stepped over that line mm-hmm. you were sexually intimate with this man how did that change your relationship with these men I knew it was something that I didn't want to do long term. Yeah. You know, it's it was something that is you get caught up in the moment and mm-hmm. it happens and you're not thinking straight. And then after a while, you know, when it does be a relationship, you're like, you're going to have to keep this up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I'm like, ultimately, deep down inside, that's not the person who I wanted to be. Right. And who I have uh, trouble letting the person that's inside letting that out. Yeah. Um, for And that's another thing I need to work on is who I am and what I believe I need to act out and not be afraid of being that person. Yeah. And so, yeah, deep down, I knew that's not what I wanted from a Mm long-term perspective. And I was like, man, so I can't do this long-term. And they're like, well, how are you just going to tell me, you know, that we can't have sex anymore and we just already had sex. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, no, but (laughs) yeah, this is what I want. And, and I've told a few people that probably like one or two, I'm not a serial date or anything. So the one or two people I can remember pretty vividly, you know, they kind of struggled with that and was looking at me like sideways. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of research that says women give sex to get love. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what have you discovered? So I want to know kind of like, how did these relationships break up then? So, you know, you're, you're, you're hooked, you know, you're connecting, there's some boundaries that have been crossed. And Mm -hmm. so now we, we, um, you put your foot down and say, okay, I really don't want to keep doing this. So then what this, what happens with these relationships? Why have they ended? Well, um, most of them were definitely not, I don't know the word to use, but, um, they were not godly. I would say that. And so, um, did you end the relationships? Yeah. Okay. Um, for the most part, I did. And maybe not like how I should have, but they're just relationships I'm not very proud of. And so, uh, Lord. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, listen. So, yeah, I, I just, I've had a run in like with the adulterous spirit. Mm-hmm. And the way one of them, you know, happened is a person, he told me that he was divorced, but he really wasn't divorced. Okay. He was like living here. 
Okay. And then, you know, I guess the wife? wife was in another state and okay. I guess they were like separated or something. Okay. But he told me that he, they were divorced. And mm-hmm. so I looked it up in the Bible and it was basically like, if you're not divorced, you married, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was way after the fact yeah. that we had already crossed the boundary oh, and wow. I started liking you yeah. and stuff like that. Getting and emotionally so, attached. Yeah, you got attached. And so it was very hard to let go of that. But mm-hmm. I am the one that that ultimately ended that relationship. And I'm the one I was like, you know, you need to go do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're one of the strongest people I've ever met. I don't know if I could ever do that. Um, and I'm like, okay, but that's just the right thing to mm-hmm. do. Like my mm-hmm. spirit wouldn't live mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Um, and so I just kept running across people that were like, married and i was just like why me like why did you know at first or did they kind of lure you in you got it you got connected emotionally attached maybe got intimate and then you discover that these were married one of them them? he told me he was divorced another one he was not he got married like after the fact (laughs) so we were kind of i guess we were kind of messing around so to speak and um he got married after the fact and so like we while you were still together connecting yeah basically and so it was kind of like a casual you know relationship but we had history all the way um we had history for a whole like a lot of years like five six seven eight ten plus years like friendship history but we crossed the boundary every now and then yeah and so years later you know he upped and and got married yeah i was like didn't know how to feel about that. I was like, how you do that? Yeah. And then, but it, it continued yeah. from there because yeah. we got all these years. And so it would always feel like, he would always tell me stuff like, I really feel like we're soulmates. And, you know, we, I wish our time didn't line up, mm. you know, so we weren't able to get married and stuff like that um, or have a real relationship. Basically saying that the, 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 the stars didn't align for yeah. us was the kind of the story. Mm. And over time, I felt like I, it came to me. I was like, no, I think that's manipulation. Like, mm-hmm. I really felt like what he was saying was manipulation. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I don't know if he intended to do that, but that's what it was. Yeah. By telling me those things, because I believed it, too. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, if we could just get our careers together and we were in the same state at the same time, then this would have happened and we would have been together. Sure. But I, at the, I was like, so why did you get married then? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, it didn't start out me knowing that. Sure. <clears throat> but then once you were in, you're like, <laughs> yeah, shoot. once you were in, you're in. Yeah. So, so what did it take for you to finally say, you know what? No more, no more. Will I allow myself to get into these types of relationships mm-hmm to compromise my value, right? To to give every part of me, which, which should be just for my husband. What was that for you? Like when, what was going on in your mind? What did you start believing about yourself? Well, you I don't I don't think it was really that. I don't think that took me, okay. what made me make that decision. I think it was the amount of condemnation that I had on mm. myself. I just felt so bad. I felt like a terrible person. Yeah. I felt like, you know, I wasn't worthy of forgiveness. Mm. And I just felt really, 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 really bad. Yeah. And one of the decisions, um, you know, I cut it off. You know, I'm still kind of suffering from the consequences from that because one of the people um, said that, you know, they can't go to church because I go to that same church. Mm. Mm. And that really that really hurt me that I could call somebody to not go to church. Mm, yeah. Because it was in, we were in the same city. And so I felt that I was keeping somebody from coming to church. Wow. 
And so I just I just beat myself up a lot mm-hmm. over that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to feel that anymore. Yeah. So are you still struggling with those feelings or do you feel like you finally were able to get out of that self-condemnation? Where are you at with that? Today? Yeah, I, I forgiven myself. Um, and I just pray that, you know, God finds a way to speak to that person mm-hmm. still. And mm-hmm. they, they do find a way or that they did find a church to go to. Um, or that God has spoken to them in that way. I just have to trust that, you know, God still has a way of working in people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so That's right. every now and then, you know, I would go to church and be like, you know, what would I do if I ran into that person or if they, you know, decided to come? Like I would sometimes I would be fearful that, you know, it would collide. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I believe, you know, that God wouldn't put me in that situation mm-hmm. if he knew I couldn't, you know, handle yeah. it. So I had to have trust and faith that that wouldn't happen mm-hmm. at church. And so um, I think I'm, I'm in a better place, but that really kind of hurt my feelings mm-hmm. when I when I heard that, that mm-hmm. that person would not go to church because I go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that really, like, that tore me down. Yeah. And so, yeah, I made, I'm stronger now. And um, even now, <laughs> um, the last person that I, that I dated, <laughs> I was like, are you married? <laughs> Let's <laughs> get that like, out. No, here's my divorce paper right here. Oh, like okay. he pulled it up on his phone and everything. And I was like, I can't, I can't even do it. And I don't, I don't, I don't even like to listen to songs that have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that Shirley Murdoch song or whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder, I always wonder if that is a way that these things kind of manifest in my life. Cause I used to, they used to be one of my favorite songs. Song? The As We Lay song by me. I have no that's idea. That's a song about adultery. I have no when idea. I, yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I didn't know what I was singing, okay. but I just liked the musicality of it. Mm. And I would just blow that song all the time. Wow. And I was just like, is this why this is happening to me? Mm. Because I love this song. Like I would just think all kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I don't listen, you know, to songs. Uh, I try not to listen to songs that have anything to, yeah. to do with that. Yeah. That's good <laughs> because as a man thinketh, so yeah. is he, you know, whatever right. we put in, um, we can act on. And that's, that's powerful, you know, and there are spirits. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to get into yeah. that, but there are spirits attached to yeah. all kinds of things. It was just the adulterous spirit has, has been after me for sure. I would always meet men that were yeah, like married or whatever. How has that affected the way you see yourself? the way you think about yourself and the way you feel about yourself. Well, now, I mean, I guess I didn't know my worth at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I, I say I struggle with identity because, you know, I didn't know that I deserve better. You know, mm-hmm. um, you think you do, but you're still committing small mm-hmm. acts that clearly mm-hmm. show that mm-hmm. you don't appreciate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say I just didn't know. Yeah. I I was just doing what was in front of me at the t- at the time. Yeah. But now that I'm growing, you know, I and now I think that's the the whole why I used to get upset about, you know, not having a, rela- a relationship with my father that I, I feel like I should have is because nobody taught me that mm-hmm. I shouldn't put myself in those positions and mm-hmm. I should expect certain things, you know, from men. Mm-hmm. And I, I would get upset because I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how a man is supposed to treat a woman because I never saw it. Mm. And yeah. so now I'm having to learn mm-hmm. how a man There's should treat it. And I'm only yeah. learning because <laughs> experience. Yeah. yeah. And I wish I would have just been able to grow up already knowing. Yeah. And I, I could not put up with certain things. So it's upsetting. When you, what need do you think these men were feeling in your life that you thought that caused you to be in these relationships? Um, 
what was going on inside of you? What need were you hoping they could feel for you? Um, I think I felt, um, I wrote that down once on my, on my, my journals. I think I felt needed. Um, and they had qualities that I wish I had. Mm. So I think that was big for me. Oh, I admired people that have qualities that I feel like I don't have. Yeah. Do you have an example of some of those? Um, yeah. Like people who are very, um, they can make like decisions on the spot and very assertive and know what they want mm-hmm. right off top. Mm-hmm. Like that's attractive to me. And usually, like I said, I, I would meet men who are in very good leadership positions and they have to do that. Mm-hmm. And so... But you have to believe that about yourself. Mm. And I never, I didn't believe that about myself because I'm yeah. always over-processing, overthinking, yeah. right? Yeah. And I struggled with decision-making. And yeah. so if I saw a man that could do that very well, that was admirable to me. Yeah, yeah. And so those are some of the things um, that, you know, got me attracted to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and what was the other question? What, what was the question? Just overall, you know, what need oh, yeah. were these men satisfying in you? So it was that because I felt like if I couldn't make my decision, you know, he would be able to do it. Like yeah. there was a manly quality yeah. um, for me or someone who could, you know, I feel like, oh, he could run a household because he can make decisions yeah. and things like that. Um, and I, I felt like if he had, I feel like I was always some type of like a healer. Like one of my gifts is exhortation, mm-hmm. right? And so if he was somebody that may be feeling down or out, you know, the fact that I could like talk to you and yeah. maybe come from a place of understanding because people always say that I could do that. Yeah. Like that's something that they liked about me. Yeah. Is that um I didn't come from judgmental. Like if you're weird, I'm weird too. Yeah. And identify with you. Yeah. And so I always use that as a strength of mine. I would say that I have the ability to identify with people's weaknesses. Yeah. Because I was I'm always self-condemning myself for yeah. my weaknesses and so I feel like because I have these same weaknesses I understand you I mm, get you mm-hmm. and so because they felt that way it yeah. made me feel powerful powerful okay so there's a need to feel powerful yeah. maybe um, would you say that there was a need to feel loved or to feel special um, I'm just I'm just asking not saying that you said anything that made me mm-hmm. think that but just wanted to I think that did make me feel loved and feel special. Um, Felt needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The feeling needed is is what made me feel like you really cared. Yeah. Because you can pick up the phone and call me like that, Mm -hmm. not knowing that you were probably doing it because you were bored or you didn't have anything to do. Sure. But I wasn't able to see, you know, past the smoke to see what it really was. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, I made it up in my head. I was like, oh, he cares because Mm. he's calling in and talk to me. But you only calling me and talk to me at your convenience. Mm-hmm. It didn't go two ways. Sure. And so, you know, there's a friendship that I'm supposed to not be having, but it's a hard, I have a hard time cutting it off. And right so, now? Yeah. Okay. Why is that? Because it started out that way. It was a guy I was supposed to date. Uh-huh. He's the one, and he kind of flaked on me. Like, <laughs> he just kind of just didn't want to date anymore. I was like, what? So you were dating. How yeah, long were you dating? It was probably, we went out for like two months and it was like a real connection. Okay. And I was, he didn't have no drama. He wasn't okay. attached. He, he had everything together. He had time. Christian man? Yeah. Okay. And so I felt like, okay, this is it. And I was like, they do exist. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Right. And so, and then he just kind of started disappearing. All of a sudden. Just kind of ghosted you? Yeah, he kind of ghosted a little bit, and he was never available. Mm. Like, I couldn't call. Like, he would, 
I know he has iPhone, and so every time I called, it would go straight to voicemail mm. every single time. And I'd be like, what is it? And I was like, oh, he's just weird. He's just aloof. And I would make those type of excuses or whatnot. And then eventually, I just figured out that we weren't going to be, or you know, I just figured it out. It ain't like we had a whole conversation yeah. to say that he didn't want to be, fr- um, you know, he wasn't ready for a relationship. I just, he just started it just never turned into mm-hmm, anything. Mm-hmm. And so eventually over time, I, I got over mm-hmm. it. And so now I was like, oh, we could just be friends. You know, I just let us, you were at a space now where we could be friends. Yeah. yeah. But it's still, to this day, if I try to call, it goes to voicemail. And so now I know why. Yeah. Because we had a conversation and it just turns out that, you know, he got divorced, but she divorced him and mm-hmm. he wasn't ready for divorce. Yeah. So he was still wanting to be a part of a family. OK. Um, and so eventually they like reconnected and stuff like that. And so he started trying to build his family and get his family back together. OK. And that's where it was. OK. And so where is it at now? Yeah, they're, they're okay. rekindled well. or whatever. Yeah, okay. Rekindled, got you know, reconciled. Yeah, reconciled. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're married. Okay. I don't think they're married, but they're currently in a relationship. OK. And so because we're on good terms and everything but i you know it's hard for me to cut it it's uh, now i feel like i can't cut it off because it feels mean you know (laughs) so what what do you if he's reconciled if he's back together with her Mm -hmm. what is there to cut off the friendship because it's not a real friendship do you see him often no he's in a different state okay like we're we we are we can be good friends we could um you know there's no bad blood between us or anything like that we get along great we make each other laugh like it could be. And I thought that's mm-hmm. what it would be. Is a fr- but a friendship goes two ways. Mm-hmm. If you can pick up the phone and call me, I should be able to pick up the phone and call you. So I think because it started out dating mm-hmm. and, you know, she probably wouldn't approve of us being friends because she knows nothing about yeah. me. I was just going to ask that question. Why do you feel like you still need to keep this man who's already got his woman? Right. Or he's working toward really moving in a different direction as a friend. Why is it hard for you to cut that off? Um, and it's, it's not really an, I can't say it's really an attachment to him. I think I have a struggle with, because like, it feels mean, like Jen wanted me to like block him on Facebook. Mm. Were you guys intimate? We, in yeah, man? in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Which, you know, it's probably where we messed up, but I did good. I was trying not to be, mm-hmm. and then I gave in because yeah. I told him that I wasn't trying to do yeah. that. And so I was like, yeah, money, you know, when I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I had a conversation about it first mm-hmm. and I let him know what the expectations were up front. But yeah, but, he violated it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we yeah. gave in. And so it wasn't, um, but we could always meet up and it not lead to that. So yeah. that's what made me feel like it yeah. was like a friendship because it, if it wasn't about sex, then we could be friends. Yeah. <laughs> so that's weird logic. But, so, yeah. I but mean, it feels mean to cut, you know, I feel like we have to have a conversation and, I, we have to talk about it. Why? Say, I don't know. Like, I just can't. I've never been the one to just block people. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've always cared. Do you text him? Does he try calling you? Yeah, like, he'll call. And it, and we don't talk very often. It'll be every couple months or so. Like, mm-hmm. I can count on my hand how many times a year. Yeah. Right? But, you know, when I think we're in a good space and I was like, okay, I'm over it. You know, I no longer got blinders on Mm -hmm. and i'm all this smitten girl Mm -hmm. you know i'm over you now and i was like we can be friends and i cannot answer my phone and feel some kind of way like i used to answer every time he called every single time because i was like oh i can't call him back so if i don't answer right it's gonna be five months before i talk to him right so i would always pick up the phone and now i'm like i'm not gonna do that anymore. good i'm glad i'm glad to hear that and i and i want to just say that it's okay to just let it be done like there's no need 
right? Like, I guess I'm trying to understand why you feel like you have to have this closure yeah. conversation, why you feel like you still need to be available when he calls or or that you can still, like, what is going on inside of you that's feel, still feeling like I need him as a friend or I would like to have him as a friend? Like, why is it, why are you still in that space? Well, I think I know that now. Like, I'm okay with not being a friendship because I realize that it's not going to be a real friendship. We're not going to be able to continue to talk because you can't openly have a friendship around your family. You know what I'm saying? Like she probably wouldn't approve because, again, she doesn't know anything about me. Sure. And they have history. So I realized I was like, okay, Monique, this is not going to be a real this is never going to be a real friendship. It's it's non value added at all. Yeah. Like he gets more from me than I would get from him. Sure. And so I'm okay with that. But I've never been in a position to where I've had to block people or, you know, like it's it's new for you. Yeah, it's new. I've been able to have a mutual cutoff with every person that I've ever had to let go. Yeah. So like when I broke up with my boyfriend, we're it was mutual. We had a conversation. We have an understanding. I never just cut anybody off. So I have a I have a hard time struggling with, you know just cutting somebody off it feels mean mm-hmm. you know because if somebody did that to me i would feel some kind yeah. of way and i yeah. guess that's where it comes from yeah because somebody did just cut me off and it didn't feel good mm. okay and so i feel like i like owe you this conversation okay. or something do you feel like you can have that conversation with them and just say hey here's where i'm at in my life here's why i want to end this and and be done whether he agrees or disagrees or whatever do you or do you feel like that's something you can send in an email and a text yeah, I was message like, i could probably text it okay it just seems so I just feel like I should be a person, you know, I, I used to tell myself all the time, I was like, Monique, you're 39 years old. You need to be a woman and just say somebody, say this front to face and be an adult. Like, I always felt like text yeah. messaging is so passive. And so to me, it's like you. confronting a fear yeah, yeah. by being able to say, to say something and being honest in somebody's face. Like, sure. there's, yeah. there's something rewarding about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I definitely think one of the things um, I want to talk to you about in future episodes, mm-hmm. um, not so much today, but is boundaries mm-hmm. and what is getting in the way of you establishing some boundaries when it comes to intimacy, when it comes to boundaries with people that maybe uh, this whole friendship dynamic where we used to be intimate, but now mm-hmm. we're friends and you've kind of moved on, but we're still having this relationship. So I want to explore that a little bit more with you um, into some of the reasonings why, you know, because there's usually some emotional mm-hmm. need that that person is feeling in us. Mm-hmm. And, and until we can identify what need, uh, we have that we're longing for in other people, mm-hmm. right. That can be unhealthy because the reality is, let's say that was you, the other woman, and you find out that this man that you are with and you're trying to have a future with is still connecting with another woman that he was intimate with. Because we understand that there's there's a spiritual mm-hmm. connection yeah. that happens, right? Yeah. When we're physically intimate, when we come, become one with someone. And so there is a soul tie yep. that has been made mm-hmm. that now needs to be severed mm-hmm. spiritually, mm-hmm. right? And so that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But I think that might be at play here. Oh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's very hard. That's why it yeah. takes so long to try to get over, you know, a yes. person is because of that connection. Yep. And things like that. So it's it's very tough. But again, I always t- I I just tie it back to identity because mm. if you know who you are, yeah, then you won't you would already know out the gate what you're going to do and and not do, yeah, and say what you need to say when it's time to say it. Not sure. saying it's going to be easy, but I just I wouldn't have allowed that to happen yeah. if I was more comfortable in myself and knowing, you know, who yeah. I am. Yeah, and so that's really what the journey is about is just to try to know more you know know yourself 
yeah. and know who God created you to be and how he wants us to be. Yeah. And we are godly creatures and we can say no. And you have to build that discipline up yeah. in order to say, you know, to say no. Mm-hmm. And actually that's more attractive than yeah. saying yes. So if I were to ask you, who is Monique today? What is your sense of identity and how would you define your identity? What would you say? Um, I would say I'm still figuring that out. Okay. Um, I think it's just a never ending journey, but, um, I am stronger today than, than I was even two months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, who is Monique? Like I have to put a word on it. Uh, what's your identity? If someone said how, you know, cause you're saying that this has been my struggle mm-hmm. and then there sounds like there's also been a struggle. You haven't said this specifically, so correct me if I'm wrong, but a struggle and a battle with knowing your value and your worth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that fair to say? Yeah. True. Yep. Okay. Yep. So today with the awareness that you not may have today, maybe you don't have it all figured out, which mm-hmm. is what you just said. And that's okay. But mm-hmm. what would you say now if I, you know, this is who I am. Right. This is the awareness today of my identity. And this is my awareness today of my value. How would mm-hmm. you answer those? Um, man, that's so that's a feeling, right? Because I'm struggling, like putting into words. OK, that's OK. Um, I don't know if that's really going to answer the question. I would just say I am. I guess these are things that I didn't believe about myself that I think that I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I am a, a strong person. I didn't think so. Um that I'm not weird. Mm-hmm. Like I would think that I know I'm weird. And mm-hmm. so I would use that to identify with people. But, you know, I'm just made, you know, by Christ. These are things that God wanted me to have mm-hmm. and they're special. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm special. Um, I am loved by God. Yes. Um, You're a child of God. Yeah. And so I always, you know, like I said, condemn myself all the time um, because I'm not I'm not the decisions that I made. Yes. I'm not that person. That's right. We I'm just a person who's made bad decisions. Yeah. But I'm not that person. That's right. Yeah. So um, all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And there and the word of God says there is no condemnation Mm -hmm. for those who are in Christ. So the enemy would like to try to remind us Mm -hmm. of what you did wrong and and condemn us. But we know that when you're in Christ, he said the old things are are gone and and all things are made new in him. And so that's the hope. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope it's been useful for you and your journey. My prayer is that you too will remember that you are not what you did. You are not defined by your past actions. First John 1 9 says that when we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, meaning all of our wrong living and wrongdoing. And Hebrews 8.12 also reminds us that God will forgive our wickedness and will never again remember our sins. Now, y'all, I don't know about you, but that's good news. So that's all for today's episode. And if this podcast encouraged you, I'd like to take a minute to ask you to subscribe so that you can be a part of our growing community of thrivers who are trying to live out their faith in practical ways. And I always love to hear from you. So please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes because this really does help with the visibility of the podcast. And it lets me know what you think, what you're enjoying 
and where we can go with the podcast in the future. So be sure to connect with me on Instagram or on my Facebook page, Thrive With Purpose, so we can continue this conversation. I really would love to hear from you. Be sure to listen in next Friday for part two of Monique's story. You are not gonna wanna miss that. So until next time, talk to you soon. Peace.